Hello, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This episode is sponsored by Aqua V Alkaline Water. I'm going to be posting the link for their amazing, not just amazing tasting, but full of minerals, super healthy for you alkaline water that they deliver to your front door here in San Diego. Uh, limited areas, but most of the areas. Obviously in Tijuana también. And it's the water that I have been drinking for over hmm, about eight years. Very, very good water. Nobody wants any other water now. So alkaline water from Aquavi. This uh, evening, I'd like to talk about cultivating self-compassion for the holidays and a mindfulness approach to it. And, you know, a lot of times uh, we think, oh, mindfulness meditation is too much work. Mm, I can't meditate. I'm not good at that. But also, I mean, I always say, well, it's a lot of more work to just be suffering and in stupidity and in ignorance because we're not aware of what's going on. And mm, mindfulness isn't really that complicated. You practice um, self-judgment all the time. You practice, you know, victimization constantly. We practice... Um, you know, complaining often. So if we practice mindfulness in self-compassion, there's this actual effect that comes through your body and brain connection that helps in well-being. There is um, this inner ally that we can bring out instead of the inner enemy that's constantly running our lives. And this season, like everyone knows, this uh, very triggering for a lot of us that have lost a loved one, you know, Christmas without your ex-husband or without your mom or without your children or without that loved one that you would always see during Christmas or holiday or New Year's Eve or whatever you do during the winter can be very triggering because for some reason this this culture that we have has created the uh, everything's okay and perfect and holly and jolly during this during these days and for the most part it is a time for going inward you know it's winter so you're harvesting all the work that you did throughout the year hopefully you get to rest at home and cook some nice warm soups and teas and care for your body and really integrate all the work that you've been doing this year during the season but you know if you're not in that type of situation where you've created that kind of life you're still in the hustle and bustle and going and going and going and maybe you get a few days off during whatever days the company you work for or with decide that is a good idea for you especially with and kids also you know their vacation their winter break now they call it winter break because now we can't call anything anything because everyone's getting in trouble for whatever we're saying so um the specific reason that I think it's important to learn to feel into our body and mindfully and in self-compassion during this time is because our bodies are very triggered with whatever happens during the season, right? Which is, like I just mentioned, a loss of a loved one or a separation from someone, or even better, just showing up to the family that bugs the shit out of you, but this is a time when you do see them because, well... It's just what we. It's just what you do. It's just what we do. It's just what you created as a mm, 
like it's a tradition, right, to get together and make tamales or get together and have this party or this one. And if you are doing the work of healing and transformation and constant therapy, you know, I mean, this this life is intense. If we're not going to therapy like once a week and doing sweat lodges and practicing yoga and meditation and seeing your friends and having a community of people that are healers and that are able to listen and hold space for you, then it's really intense. It's really difficult, I would say, to just kind of go about sober and mindful and aware of everything that's happening and be able to self-regulate or co-regulate your body when you're in a specific situation with family, co-workers, friends this season because it's just too fucking much. Our nervous systems aren't... Um, aren't, I don't think, prepared or wide for that much over um, uh, information, you know, and stimulation of so many memories of childhood trauma or adulthood trauma or whatever trauma without being um, under some type of influence, whether that be alcohol, shit ton of food, shopaholicking, or little popping pills, you know, and so when we show up to these holiday gatherings, uh, and even if we're not going to show up, right? Even if we're not, like I said in a video earlier, if we're not going to be invited, if we're not going to go because we just don't want to, and we're setting good boundaries, there, there's a part of you that might miss it. And so either way, we can change our nervous system for the better. You know, we, we have the capacity and you can repeat after me in your brain. I have the capacity to change my nervous system for the better. But if I'm not even aware of what the heck my nervous system is, these words don't even matter. And sometimes even though you're very aware, your nervous system took, still takes over. And, you know, you lose your shit. You grab too many drinks. You, um, you know, are short with somebody or the kids or... Uh, or your partner. And so part of the reason that we, that I really encourage mindfulness and self-compassion, well, number one is because it's absolutely helped me. And I have tons of friends and students that have participated in my classes that are completely, um, you know, well, aware of the change that this has happened, you know, that this has created is to just notice things. So what do we do in these classes is we pretty much mm, become little investigators of what's happening inside of us. We tend to always be focusing outside, like she's doing that, she's saying this, they did that, someone so fucked up the pie, they didn't bring this or that. And so these external, you know, noticing all the external things is helpful. You know, you want to be aware of your surroundings, but noticing what's happening inside of your terrain. So what's my terrain is my brain, my body, my arms, my legs, you know, my body, my body, my choice. So this terrain that we're in is what we, what we want to learn how to notice when we are in these situations, but mindfully and with self-compassion, because what we tend to do is notice like, Oh my God, I'm so fucking annoyed by this person. I need to leave. Right. And so you notice it. You're just annoyed. But maybe, maybe, maybe you learn how to link that into your body. What does annoyed feel like? 
don't know, I'm just annoyed, you know? Annoyed is not a feeling. So what does annoyed by this person feel like in my body? This is how we start. Okay, well, to me, when I'm annoyed, I feel like if I get into it, I could say, well, I feel like my shoulders are getting a little bit closer to my ears, you know? Maybe I feel a tightness or a tummy ache. Mm, perhaps I can notice that I'm clenching my jaw a little bit harder than usual. And now I've connected, you know, the, the feelings in my body to being annoyed. Oh, so this little investigator can pop up and say, oh, okay, this is what my body feels like when it's annoyed. And as you're working through these mindful practices, right? First of all, you already stop for a little bit because you're noticing what's happening in your body. Maybe you can send some deep breaths into these areas that are feeling the tension. And then, and I know sometimes it happens so fast, you don't really have time to like think about it, but that's what this this class that we're going to be in tomorrow is going to be good for is to how to expand the time between the action and the response versus just a reaction. Because as we become responsible for our own shit, we become more responsible to have these pauses or to take care of our bodies if we need to take the terrain right out of the party and just leap. Get the fuck out. It's totally normal. It's totally fine. Actually, a regulated nervous system would be one that says, fuck this shit, I'm leaving without crossing a scene. You know, grab your little purse and walk on out the door. Um, a, a, a non-regulated nervous system might just sit there and be like, oh my God, I can't leave. I can't leave. I can't leave. I'm going to get in trouble. This shit's going to hit the fan. Mm, let me have a whiskey, you know, or, or I'll just sit over here and eat and get really, really upset. And nothing wrong if that happens. That's where the compassion comes in. But what I'm trying to say is if your system wants to leave and you want to listen to it, that's actually good for you, you know, good for you to listen to your body. Because for so many years, we don't really listen to our body. We listen to what mom says, what the auntie says, what the society, what dad and the uncles and everybody else says. And, you know, el que dirán, el que dirán, I can't. You know, oof, they're going to talk shit about me. They're going to say this. They're going to say that. You know what? Who gives a shit what they say? I mean, in the end, the only one that should matter to you, what they say, is you. Because when you are in full integrity and in self-compassion and mindful about what's happening in you, in your body and in your, you know, whatever, your whole person, your terrain, your mind, your psyche, your emotions, your spirit, then if you are taking care of yourself, it expands to other people and you can actually be pretty chill and calm in front of others when you practice and for the most part there's always exceptions of course and then so back to being aware of what you're feeling in your body when you're going in external shit right like this person's so annoying okay where do i feel the annoyance in my shoulders and my my jaws getting tight uh i kind of want to hit the awkward you know appetizer table over there and just stuff my face. Um, and I tell you, I, I often do that. Even though I practice and practice, I get to a place and before I turn on this investigator or it arrives, the little investigator can be, oh, we should have a little prop for that. I don't know where he went. Oh, it's right here. Hold on. 
Okay, so if you're not watching this and you're just listening, um, well, just imagine there's this little investigator that's your friend and like your little witness. Right now for the video, we have this little sweet little gnome and, you know, he pops up to be like, and I, and I like to use these props because it makes it easy to remember like, okay, where's my little friend to remind me that I just ate, you know, uh, two plates of jamón serrano when I wasn't even hungry, just because, it, you know, I, I didn't really notice that my body was getting a little bit mm, anxious because I feel awkward, a little insecure, uh, and it just sometimes takes time to land inside the body. So, you know, before you run to this, um, I don't know, to the extra cake that you didn't want to eat or whatever, you can have the little gnome pop up and just say, okay, wait, 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 let me just check in. And even after you check in, you still want to go eat, that's fine. But now you're aware and awake. You know, all these people are talking about, mm, oh, she's so woke, the awakening. What, what does it even mean to be awake? To be in the present moment, knowing what is going on. Checking in with what's happening right here, right now. This breath, this sensation in my body, this microphone in front of me where I'm speaking, this, you know, I'm, I'm aware that I'm in my, you know, my studio and that this is happening and there's little gnomes right here next to me um, being used as a helpful friend, you know, like the investigator prop. And so you're awake, you're noticing what is going on. That's all. Well, I had to stop for a moment there because every time I come to record a podcast, something happens with my dad who lives in the back uh, granny flat. And now I lost my train of thought. But we're going to come back to the being awake in the present moment. That's how it really is. It's just noticing what's happening. That doesn't mean it's all amazing and dandy. Sometimes you notice that you're in a lot of suffering and that in a difficult situation. And so being awake in that situation can be hard, which is why we numb it out with 50 hours of Instagram and all the food and, you know, popping some before we show up with the family. We're drinking a lot when we're with the family. So that's where self-compassion can come in to accompany us during the process of being aware of what's happening, right? So if I am aware of I'm with a person that's really triggering and you know it's it's um the trigger Gabor Mate says is a tiny little piece of this huge weapon right so the trigger is just where you're going to pull the trigger and the explosive is really the big weapon which is your body your terrain they're just kind of helping you see something that you have uh stored in your body as a memory or something that you need to work out, or a big freaking boundary that we haven't been able to set. So when you're being triggered by someone or something's going on, you can stop, notice what's happening in your body. And that's also a sweet little practice that takes practice that we can, that we're going to go over tomorrow. And then how so bring in self-compassion in to this, um, when it's a difficult emo emotion, it's easy to be aware when like, oh, I'm having so much fun. This puppy is so soft. I just got a little baby puppy for Christmas. And oh, I love it. Look, it's this little breath. You know, the puppy breath that smells so good. You can be so present 
in the moment with a good or what quote unquote, you know, something that's pleasurable. But when it's a difficult emotion, it's a difficult situation, it's easier to just not want to go there. And so what we can do is bring in, you know, a, an awareness, like a rec- oh, a recognize, recognizing this is a difficult situation. I'm going to give myself some self-compassion. And that, you know, it could be really difficult. It might sound really weird. Whatever, what the fuck is self-compassion? I don't have time for that stuff. But it's it's one of the, I mean, it's actually science, backed by science, scientific evidence of how being kind to yourself and having this compassion go inward really, really not just alleviates the situation that you're in. It's not like you're running from it. You're accompanying yourself with it. You're having enough capacity to be with this, these difficult emotions in this pain. And you're also um, realizing that, or, or hopefully realizing, you know, that, um, that you're not the only one that goes through this. But backing that up a little bit, because I lost my train of thought a bit, it's about the neuroscience. The neuroscience of self-compassion, there is, and we'll go definitely go over that tomorrow. I have a nice little bit of information on how when the brain, when you say these loving kindness uh, phrases, or when you begin to reconnect the awareness of the capacity that you have to actually be kind to yourself, instead of just being really shitty and talking about how bad you are and how bad you are and how sad you are and how this person's wrong. When you change those wirings in your brain, your body actually expands into wellness and into a sweeter, softer ability to be with even difficult emotions. And, you know, yes, this might sound a little bit like, what the hell is she talking about? Because, I mean, unless you practice mindfulness constantly, but... It's really quite simple. It's not that complicated to cultivate. When, when we cultivate, it's like you're learning, right? You're cultivating a plant. You're cultivating this learning. You're cultivating these seeds, these connections from, um, from your brain to the body in different awareness, in different um, spaces. And as you cultivate, you're able to have uh, a better time, really. And instead of having to go into a certain holiday situation dreading it, you can come in prepared like a sweet little soldier that has, you know, her backpack and her like a warrior. You got your you got your tools. You have your machete. You have, and you're not going to hurt anyone. These are all like, you know, um, I'm making them up like the props, like the little props. We're just, you know, it's just like so that you can have this vision of how you can walk into a place or your little buddies that are going to assist you to remember, you know, okay. That when this pain comes in or this trigger, you can have this loving, connected presence. And when you throw pain at loving, connected presence, it's a lot easier for you not to lose your shit, run to the pill, get, you know, completely overwhelmed because that's what's happening in our culture in our society we're completely overwhelmed we're running for the pills we don't know how to feel we're uncomfortable with anything that's uncomfortable and 
I got news for us. We, when, we ex, when we learn, when we cultivate the capacity to be in this comfort, little by little, with lots of compassion, then we grow into the humanity that we're capable of growing into. And as we help ourselves, we expand and we help others. So mindfulness and self-compassion for the holidays is on tomorrow um, from 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to 8.30 p.m. We're going to join in a circle. We're going. It's online. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, you can hop on. You can register at my webpage, grisalves.com slash events. It's the first one going on right now. And there'll be really uh, easy and practical steps. And we'll all accompany each other so that we can have like this really cool community team of when we enter into this, you know, today is the marathon day. Today is December 12th. No? El Dia de Tonatzin. Or as most Mexicans call it, the Dia de la Guadalupe. So today, the first big party. Already people are celebrating. And then we have, I mean, actually, if, you, if you're in the in those United States, it starts it's like a week ago, but it officially starts today, this marathon that you call it. And then it's posada after posada and parties and I need to buy this, I need to get that. And no, you don't, but we think we do. And then it's who, where are we going to eat dinner and who's going to bring what? And so this whole roller coaster of hustle, which like I said in the beginning, I think it's more intended if we look at it earth-based to kind of sit at home and gather with lots of warm soup and, you know, hot brews and by the fire without having to go to the mall to get 50 gifts, you know, just present and maybe just remembering and thinking about what this whole two, three seasons have brought of knowledge, of wisdom, of growth, of despair, of grief, of joy. And I suppose we can all do that on the 21st if we go to um, Sarah and Lunita's um, gathering over here in Azalea Park. I'll post that on here too. Um, let me see what it's called. Hmm. It's kind of winter solstice stuff, you know? But that, that'll be a good one. I'm, I'm going a little bit off topic here, but <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a winter solstice, winter solstice community gathering, ritual and feast. Yeah, that sounds like it'll be good. So that's on the 21st. But tomorrow, first come do the mindfulness and um, self-compassion workshop here so we can throw pain at loving, connected presence. And so that you know that you're not alone struggling with this... Uh, you know, with relationships. It's really easy to be cool and connected when you're all alone in the beach or you're having a little coffee just by yourself. Yeah, by yourself. It's great. But when you're in front of other people, that's when the real retreat starts, right? It's in relationship to other people. And uh, we want to be prepared. At least I am. I want to be prepared. I want to practice. So, you know, the the fruit of all of this is that we can hold it all. We can hold even the most intense situations when we, that's what healing is. Healing is the capacity to hold your pain, to sit with these difficult situations, with these intense emotions and, and taking breaks, right? Self-compassion, sometimes you want to take a break. Maybe you don't want to see 
you know, ABC people because it's just too much remembering of your ex-husband and that's just not, that's just not where you're at right now. And that's fine. We are so trained to be polite and say yes to everything that, that, you know, that ends up hurting us. So to say no, you know, to check in with your body and say, how do I really feel about going to that party? Oh, it's making me sick. I don't really want to go. That's your body telling you something. And right away, you can remember the little gnome, your friend, the investigator, and say, oh, I'm going to go in. That's right. If my body is getting so freaking upset and I'm not even there yet, I don't need to push through it. I don't need to. I'm not going to have this FOMO thing. I'm going to listen to my body. And, you know, this is a resource this is a resource that we're, that we're going to cultivate tomorrow, a resource for holding the pain without being overwhelmed, a resource for being present and able to set a boundary, a resource for being present and able to accompany yourself and have so much self-compassion when it's so difficult, even when you're not with anybody. So I hope to see you guys tomorrow. Um, and that even if you can't come tomorrow, that this was somewhat helpful, you know, to realize that it's inside of you um, to notice through breath or through different parts of your body what your what your feelings inside of your body are, what the sensations are trying to tell you. And a lot of us have been really disconnected from this, and it's and it's and it's difficult to know. Like, well, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't feel anything. Little by little. You touch in, and it's okay. You know, if you feel a little numb and you don't feel anything, notice that. Because that's another way of protecting ourselves is to numb out and not feel anything. Because sometimes feeling was just too much when we were kids. And so we, we, we've, we've been able to, the intelligence of the human body, that's how intelligent it is. We're able to disconnect so that we don't have to feel that. And But also we miss out, you know. So now as grown-ups or as a little bit bigger people than five-year-olds, we can begin to rewire and reconnect. You know, and tomorrow when, in this, when we come together in a group, it's like this interconnectedness with others that can also allow us to see I'm not the only one. There's a commonality of suffering, but there's a commonality of joy and togetherness. And hopefully we can bring that tomorrow. Tomorrow, December 13th, I hope to see you there. Thanks again for checking in and uh, we'll keep going on with these tales of recovery.